to steal from the Empire? You just walk in like you belong. They're so proud of themselves. So fat and satisfied. They can't imagine that someone like me would ever get inside their house. Cassian Ander. The Empire is choking us so slowly. We're starting not to notice. What I'm asking is this. Wouldn't you rather give it all to something real? I need all the heroes I can get. For the greater good. Call it what you will. Let's call it war. There's fermenting out there, son. Pockets of fermenting. You're in my net. Are you a fish? Or are you a thief? You're slipping. <laughs> I'm not slipping. I've just been hiding for too long. As long as everyone thinks I'm an irritation, there's a good chance they'll miss what I'm really doing. What are you really doing? This is what revolution looks like. I'm tired of losing. Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... Amir Duray. And Derek Wong. Amir's back. How'd your exam go, Amir? I don't know yet. I'll find out in like three months. <laughs> Jesus. We'll see if the podcast hiatus was worth it. It's not a Scantron. You don't find out like right away or like an online no, test. No, no, no. They take like months to like go through and determine which questions are like valid or whatever. And like there's experimental questions and shit. It's like an eight hour, 400 question exam. So. Wow. Sounds awful. I thought my tests were bad. It's about as fun as it sounds. Well... Once again, you missed out on a horror week, but... Yeah, I seem to be missing a lot of horror. We were talking about it on the episode on Barbarians. Like, it's not like you don't like horror. It's just coincidental no, that you just, don't... Yeah, it just seems every time I leave, it's like, ooh, now's a nice time to do some horror. <laughs> like, well, fuck. <laughs> you don't not like horror. We just don't like you doing horror. No, I guess, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are taking an, a, a strong editorial stance against me being on any of the horror episodes. But, you know, fair, I guess. Yeah, well, this week we're talking about... The new Disney Plus show, Andor, the new Star Wars thing. A different kind of horror. A different kind <laughs> of horror. Whoa. No, I'm kidding. It's actually not that bad. <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into what we think about it. But I want to say that this is probably one of the series that I was least looking forward to. Just because of like the Star Wars fatigue and stuff. I think the back half of The Mandalorian has been pretty rough. Uh, Boba Fett wasn't very impressive for me either. And then... Obi-Wan was, I know we did an episode on it, Obi-Wan was really, really rough for me. I almost checked out halfway. I, I stuck out through the end, and it wasn't worth it. But now we have Andor, the new Disney Plus show centered around the character from Rogue One. And the show is being run by 
Tony Gilroy. And that is the thing that got me interested. That and the trailer, because the trailer was actually really good. I was like, oh, wow, this looks like a real TV show <laughs> instead of this volume produced glup stuff from all the other Star Wars series. And I want to say that my faith was placed in it correctly because I think this is like the best Star Wars thing we've gotten in years. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I am with you on every single count. I wasn't excited about this going forward. It's like, oh. It's a prequel about a guy from the prequels. I like Rogue One fine, don't get me wrong, but like prequel of a prequel of a, some random dude they made out. Like I was like, all right, this is just Who like, you know dies. <laughs> the cash grabbiest of cash grabs. Like they're just out of ideas. This seems terrible. And again, I was also kind of burned by the recent Star Wars stuff. None of it was very impressive um, out, of, out of Mandalorian, Obi-Wan, Boba Fett. None of it really did anything for me the last two star wars movies didn't do much for me so it's just it was like like a long long string of star wars things that were just really not good did you watch obi-wan no like maybe a couple minutes of it (laughs) i barely touched that or boba fett i saw a couple episodes of the mandalorian just really done you know yeah so i am super pleasantly surprised with andor andor's really really like i had a, a lot of fun with it star wars is back baby (laughs) is it though (laughs) Uh, probably not but at least this at least the first three episodes i guess this could take a left turn and go directly into the shitter but the first three episodes are the best star wars stuff we've had in a long time feels like real tv i'm hearing everybody saying that those exact same things wow feels like real tv and it does at the end of every episode i was like oh i want more of this you know i wasn't like oh that was slow or that was meh or i was excited about the end of each episode and wanted to see more it's a very sharp break tone-wise from a lot of the previous stuff, and uh, I think they really, really pulled off something good here. I hope the quality continues. If you're waiting for it to fly off the rails, um, you're going to have to wait at least until episode 5, because episode 4 is pretty good, too. But yeah, what did you think, Derek? <laughs> Before I say what I thought, Amir's already kind of mentioned it. Jeff, what were your thoughts actually of Rogue One? I'm curious. Um, I like Rogue One a lot. I'm not as high on it as some other people are. I think the final act is great. I think like the first half is a little dry and a little sloppily paced, I think. But I think it's ballsier than most of the Star Wars stuff that we've gotten, especially for its production woes, which I was like, this thing's going to be a disaster. And then it wasn't. And that's mostly due to Tony Gilroy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you guys know, but Tony Gilroy has a reputation of being like Hollywood's go-to script doctor. If anything's in trouble, he comes in and he's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, fix things and make things at least palatable if things are not looking so hot. So he was brought in to fix Star Wars, you're saying? (laughs) Well, at least Rogue One, right? So do you want to go a little bit into Tony Gilroy and why you were excited to see his name besides the script doctor stuff? What has he done before that you're a big fan of? Okay, so he's directed one of my favorite films of like all fucking time, Michael Clayton. And it's funny, we'll get into this later, but Roxana Haddadi over at Vulture wrote her review of Andor, and she's like, oh, this is like Michael Clayton in Star Wars or whatever, which is kind of true, actually. I I actually really suggest you guys to read her review. I think it's pretty accurate. If you read her review, it it makes more sense than like... All right, um, yeah, I'm not buying it right now. I'll have to to read the review, because I remember Michael Clayton, and there there were way, way fewer blasters in that one, so I don't know. (laughs) But it's Michael Clayton... But Star Wars. Uh, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I'll read the review. He wrote the screenplays for all the uh, porn movies, right? 
Yeah, even Legacy. Which he directed that one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He directed that one, too, yeah. Mm -hmm. He was also script doctor for Enemy of the State, which was that Will Smith movie. And Mm. then uh, Woman in the Window, too, um, which was that uh, thriller movie with Amy Adams from last year. The success of that rewrite is uh, probably up in the air, but... (laughs) little bit of a confession time, I, which I don't think it's a confession because I think I've already said it on this podcast, but I don't like Rogue One. <laughs> uh, as a movie, I think it's like one of my least favorite Star Wars movies. Have you mentioned this before? I feel like this I is a new take I, have. I haven't heard. If it is a new take, well, it's a new take, right? Um, <laughs> I don't really like the movie. I've given it ample amount of opportunities. Uh, I saw it twice in theaters just to kind of like confirm that I really don't like this movie. <laughs> I watched it again just for this podcast and and you still don't like it <laughs> it works much better after having watched andor and then also having the years and years of post episodes like seven eight nine and beginnings of the tv stuff right the disney plus stuff having all that context now i like it a little bit better but i still think it's for me it was like a hot mess i think a lot of the cast is miscast or misused in that movie like you know i Forget Mads is in it, uh, Reza Med's in it. Like, I think they're both highly underused for their talents. Agree. Felicity Jones is like, where she's gone now? Um, the funny thing is, Andor is probably one of my least favorite characters from that movie because I think tonally he's all over the place in that movie. Like, he wants to be the hero of the story, but at the same time, he's the jerk. You know, the first thing we see him do is like kill someone in cold blood, right? And we kind of see that here in this series too. Having said all that about Rogue One, I do really like Andor. And I think it's because the shift to TV has really given the time I think this character needs. Um, Mm -hmm. Having three episodes in and like getting a little bit more of his backstory and getting the very haunted nature of his past, I think really works at the moment. I think we'll get into a little bit more details of like why I think this is working for me when I mentioned a couple weeks ago, like why the Rings of Power wasn't working for me. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get into some of those contrasts. But yeah, right now I'm really enjoying the series. Three episodes in, like I think it's well-paced, getting to know him a little bit more, getting to know the characters in his life. But also then getting like a third episode that which I love the action and the introduction of the um, Don Skarsgård's character I think is great. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. And of course, looking forward to this fourth episode that Jeff says is already good. So mm-hmm. another thing that's different about this show is that it's doing more closely to like your traditional TV season structure where it's like 10 mm-hmm. to 12 episodes now instead of like, for some reason, like a lot of the Disney Plus stuff is like, Oh, six episodes, seven episodes, which sometimes it feels strangely padded or really truncated, depending on which show you're talking about. I do think like 10 to 12 is probably the sweet spot. The discourse around this show is that there is no real discourse around it, right? I think Tony Gilroy mentioned like he wanted to do something with absolutely minimal fan service. He didn't want to do shout outs, cameos, glove shadows, you know? Which I think it's better for that. But yeah, we can get into that. Yeah, 100%. And I think it tackles a part of the Star Wars mythos that is just very, very untouched. You know, just like the regular people of the universe, working class folks, like even the Empire, you know, like these 
uh, goons and foot soldiers and stuff. They're, like, even below, like, stormtroopers. And you get to see, like, a little bit of their interiority, too. And I think Tony Gilroy is just really good at pulling the humanity out of all of his characters. Which I think when you were talking about, like, Rings of Power or something, I think that's, like, a good contrast. Mm. Now that we've kind of given our initial thoughts or just, like, early thoughts, um, do you guys want to get into... I guess spoiler territory, maybe to go into some specifics that you guys liked or like don't like in these first three episodes or what is and what isn't working in these first three episodes for you guys. Um, so I guess what works is even just from the very beginning, it establishes itself as very different from the other Star Wars stuff because you start out in a brothel and the protagonist murders two people in cold blood. Well, I suppose kills one guy accidentally and then murders his partner in order to stop him from finding out. So um, that's sort of the precipitating incident is uh, Cassian Andor is looking for his sister, who's presumably been sold into sex slavery. He's looking on this uh, corporate planet in a brothel for his sister. He's able to find her, but he attracts the attention of a couple of these uh, sort of corporate rent-a-cop uh, dipshits who um, uh, follow him out of the strip club and or the brothel and try to shake him down and uh, results in a fight. He accidentally... Kills one guy, the guy falls too hard on the ground, and then kills his partner to stop the partner from telling anybody. And that's the start of your Star Wars show. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very different from, uh, you know, hand shot first, right? Controversy, right? It's, it's very different from, oh, we can't show the heroes or the protagonists doing anything morally gray or adult or murdering people in cold blood. It's like, no, we're going to absolutely show that and still somehow keep you on this guy's side by showing that the Empire and their goons are worse. And uh, they do a really good job of that. Yeah, I mean, this, this scene definitely did take me back a little bit to, like, my feelings of Rogue One, though. Like I already mentioned, like, the Andor character was not my favorite, and, like, part of it was the one of the first things you see him do is murder someone in cold blood, and we kind of see the same thing here. So I was, like, a little bit like, uh-oh, am I going to have the same issues with this character again? But I do think that, like, having a show revolve around our main character and giving him more like layers and more depth i think works like the idea of like him looking for his sister and then getting so much of the backstory of him on his planet and then like i said all the other characters around him that seem to trust him and vouch for him it speaks a lot to his character so i enjoy the layers of the cassian andor character that i don't think were quite there in rogue one do you need your like protagonist to be a good guy or <laughs> no i don't <laughs> but i don't need my heroes to be cold-blooded killers either you know what I mean? Like It's interesting you say there's so many people around him who vouch for him. Because the setup in that first episode, I think, is like a guy who's at the end of his rope and uh, really used up all his credit with all his friends, right? Mm -hmm. He's asking people to lie for him, asking people to cover for him, and everyone's like, ugh, all right, fine, but this is the last time. Don't come back. You know, stop asking for Yeah, but for his shit. friends still show up. For sure. They you still know, come the, through for him. The Bix clean character who wants to try to help. The guy who, like, lies for him, right? I love that scene where he's all like, yeah, you were with me last night. We were doing this. He's like, yeah, you said this about this and you apologize. Like, he went right along with it without asking questions, you know, right? Like, I like that there's, like, characters there to, like, provide layers to him. I'm going back to this. Like, we just didn't get that in Rogue One. Like, is he bad or is he good? Because uh, I didn't understand that. And, like, I didn't understand, like, where this kind of pain and this, like, hard edge came from. But, like, now seeing it more in this show, like, it makes a little bit more sense. And it proactively makes me appreciate his character in Rogue One a little bit more. But, like, back then, when with no context, not knowing anything about this character, it was very 
Very off-putting for me. Interesting. I, I don't know. I didn't think we needed a cash-in and or backstory, and I wasn't particularly looking forward to one because I was like, oh, like, what do you need to see? Like, he's a fucking spy. Spies do a lot of shitty, immoral things. And by the time we see him in Rogue Run, he's, like, kind of done with making these <laughs> immoral choices again and again and again and wants some kind of, uh, I don't know, redemption or end to it or whatever. So that, that's interesting. We had a completely, I think, opposite uh, well, I agree with you that I didn't that. need a, a backstory either because I didn't care about this character, but now I do, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I like that. I like that, sure. So I, I was going to mention, like, where the Michael Clayton tie-in comes in because, I mean, obviously it's not the same universe and not even, like, the same genre, but, like, it's about a character who's mostly in it for himself. You know, he serves his own self-interest um, only to give that up in the face of the greater good, right? So I think... In that regard, it's kind of similar. And I think the writing styles are very similar. I'm just a big fan of Tony Gilroy. And he takes a lot of that stuff from his own career, too. Because, you know, in Michael Clayton, he's like, you know, I'm not a miracle worker. I'm a janitor, uh, which is what George Clooney's character says in that movie when that guy does that hit and run, right? And that's what he used to say to, like, the film producers when he oh, came really? in to like fix the scripts and so I was like I'm not a miracle worker I'm a janitor you know that's <laughs> very so that's autobiographical like, touch yeah very okay. autobiographical very funny I don't think this show is very like convoluted or confusing or anything but mm -hmm. I'm seeing people just completely misunderstand what's going on in this show just because there's no like I don't know you can't latch on to like a baby Yoda or like oh is Luke gonna show up or like where the Mandalorian armor comes from and stuff there's none of that stuff so I was watching, like, some YouTube video, and they're like, I just don't understand, like, the Canari stuff. Like, who are the kids? What do they have to do with anything? That's fucking Andor. That's Cassian Andor, right? Like, how do you not understand that's, like, a flashback? They're like, I'm just confused, like, who these kids are. I'm like, are you even, like, watching this show? It's just you know? where he's from, um, man. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing deeper to that. Like, if you got that, that's where he's from. That's it. Like... I don't know, like, they call him Cass. They didn't even understand that that was oh. a flashback to, like... Oh, they're just like, oh, why, why do they keep, yeah. why do they keep <laughs> yeah. cutting to this other planet for no reason? <laughs> Holy Which shit. All right. Very, very funny. I was going to bring up, like, one of the things I really did like was the flashbacks. And mostly because, like, I love that it's subtitle-free, right? Like, if you just kind of watch it, it's like they speak their yeah. little native tongue and you don't understand a lick of what they're saying but like you don't have to it's cool it, it, it it's cool like like that distance you know shows you this is like some weird uncontacted tribe that uh i guess doesn't have technology they're using like these blow darts and this like kind of primitive armor and like they don't really seem to know much about spaceships or be able to speak you know the galactic standard languages or whatever yeah it's it's really cool like not translating that really shows you that distance and shows you like what Cashin came from and the difference between what he came from and what he ends up. It, yeah. It's really good. I really think that th that's such a nice touch that they don't translate that stuff. I really like it. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that Disney doesn't really do anymore. <laughs> you know, like trust its audience. Maybe they shouldn't, but based on these YouTube people. <laughs> you, just, you just explained why they don't, you know? Yeah, I, I really liked that touch. It was really cool. I think the show in general does a really good job of showing you the backstories of the characters in just like a couple of scenes, right? Like, yeah. You already get who Marva is without even really seeing her in that flashback and seeing her save Cashin, right? Even yeah. before that, you kind of already get who she is, right? That she's this mother figure for him and all of this. Like, you don't even need to see it. And they do show you. They do make that connection. You're like, okay, boom, got it. 
you know, just in yeah. one one scene. You get and it's the same um, with like the Bix character and Tim also. Like Yeah, you like you instantly get that dynamic. This is probably like his ex. Tim is yeah. just doesn't like Andor hanging around as, asking for favors or whatever. Like it's just like you And yeah. it's very human. I really like that Tim Bix Andor triangle. Yeah. There. R.I.P. Tim, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Kind of a shitty dude. But like at the same time, like I get why he doesn't like Cashin hanging around his girl. Would you like Diego Luna hanging around your girl? I wouldn't. <laughs> you know? I also wouldn't so, be a narc, though, you know? <laughs> all that roguish charm? Get the fuck away from me, man. I'm fucking narc you out to the Empire. Stay away from my girl, bro. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll send you to a planet that gets exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... It's, like, such a human motivation that, like... Like, have you seen that in Star Wars before? Just, like, straight up just, like sexual jealousy like a romantic relationship like things that normal people go through is that a motivation we've really seen before in star wars not particularly no i don't think so i think i mean star wars in the past has just been so motivated by like destiny and like lineage and and it's very sterile right yeah. these are like adventure films they're like flash gordon yeah. series mm -hmm. right like those kind of base earthy emotions don't usually play into it and so this is again how they're differentiating themselves from from that this isn't flash gordon it's uh like, like you said it's michael clayton or you know i don't know tinker taylor sort of spy or some shit well not quite it's born right it's born maybe i mean if we're talking about that aspect of the show there's no better like example of that than cyril karn right kyle soller's character mm -hmm. i think he's one of like the great star wars villains i mean it's too early to say that i feel but like just a portrait of like a cog in the empire's machinery where like he's clearly like this authoritarian fucking guy but you also feel for him because he's caught in this system and he's doing what he thinks is the right thing like going after andor right? i don't know if i feel for him but he's very human he is very very, he's very human. human yeah right like you might have empathy but not like sympathy you know right like he's a combination of the in over his head doofus lieutenant yeah. character and like the overzealous not getting the world he lives in guy right he's an idealist in a cynical world right he mm -hmm. believes like they not need to live up to the primor fucking code of honor and whatever and everyone around him is like, dude, we're like corrupt corporate rent-a-cops. What the fuck is your problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His boss, like, immediately shuts him down as like, we don't need to deal with this. Those guys were pieces of shit anyway. Like, don't make trouble over this, right? Like, this is all yeah. behind his boss's back. Whether it's to make his career or, you know, uh, or, or what. This is not, uh, officially sanctioned by the pre-more people. Mm -hmm. And you get, like, all the different varieties of bad cop in this fucking show, right? Like, you get the, overzealous doofus in this guy, the overenthusiastic head-busting sergeant in uh, mm -hmm. that other character whose name I forget. Um, you get the corrupt doofuses in those first two guys who cash in kills. You get all the, like, police brutality grunts and all the dudes who uh, murder Tim and bust into Marva's house and all that yeah. shit. Like, you just get all these different varieties of bad cop. And you can see, like, why people are like oh we need a fucking rebellion fuck these people like you you get it even though <laughs> these guys aren't really the empire right they're mm -hmm. technically just like it's like a corporation that runs the planet or at least runs the security services for the planet so yeah. they're like rent-a-cops they're just complete pieces of shit 
tendrils of the Empire or whatever, you know? What's interesting, too, though, is that in the flashback where Marva is saving Cashin, the reason that they meet is that, you know, that this uh, Republic ship crashes on his uncontacted planet or whatever, and he and his, like, tribesmen kill, like, one of the Republic dudes with, like, darts, right? He starts firing mm-hmm. at them with, with a blaster for, like, no reason. And so they kill him with, like, blow darts. And then Cashin's exploring the ship, and Marva finds him, and there's a Republic cruiser coming. Marva's like, oh, if the, if the Republic cruiser gets here and they see that these people have murdered one of their officers, they're just going to, like, murder everybody. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she basically kind of, like, kidnaps him to, like, save his life. And what I find super interesting about it that is that's the Republic. That's not the Empire yet, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because this is, like, I don't right, know, right, 20 right. years in the past or whatever, 30, however long. But this is way before the Empire. She calls it explicitly the Republic. So I think it's interesting that even That's the Republic a was a really shitty, corrupt government where they would just fucking murder a bunch of random people for no reason. Like, I, I, I think it's interesting that that's, it's not just the Empire that's shitty. I don't know. That stuck out to me. So I was going to bring up, Amir, you made a point earlier about saying, like, Star Wars is back and like you know I kind of made an offhand joke like is it and I'm partly said that because I think one of the things I like about this show so much is that and you know Jeff's already kind of talked about what Tony Gilroy's approach was that this show feels very much like if you didn't attach like Andor you know what I mean like you wouldn't really be able to tell this is a Star Wars show. Like, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I, I totally missed it, but like, I don't remember seeing a stormtrooper anywhere in the first three episodes. I don't remember seeing like an X Wing or like a TIE fighter. Or I don't remember hearing the words the Force once. It's missing like all of the Star Wars iconography that makes Star yeah. Wars Star Wars, mm-hmm. right? But it still has the aesthetic. It has aesthetic, yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel like watching you just to be like, oh, this is a Star Wars show. Like, I, I think you'd be able to tell still. No? That's So hard. you think if you just turned it on, you'd be like, oh, what's this random sci-fi show? It looks Star Wars-ish. It looks Star Wars-ish. And then I would probably question, like, is it Star Wars? Like, those blasters are very reminiscent to Star Wars. Or, like, some of the ships look like they're Star Wars. To get really granular, I do think the blaster sound effect gives it away. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like the mention of a republic, yeah, would kind of give it away. But offhandedly, like if you were just watching this and like no one told you it was Star Wars, you can kind of maybe get away without really thinking it's Star Wars. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't think like Tony Gilroy is going out of the way to be like, no Star Wars, Star Wars stuff in this. Yes. Ever, you know, mm-hmm. I think we'll eventually get to something or another. I mean... No big spoilers, but, I mean, Mon Mothma shows up in the next episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, Genevieve O'Reilly's reprising that role, too. There's some... Yeah. Everything Star Wars in this makes sense. I don't know. I'm just really liking the show. And I think visually, this show looks, like, head and shoulders above all the other Disney Plus stuff. Yeah. So why do the other ones look so bad? Like, what is the the thing? I think it's the volume. Because I think... Tony Gilroy was like, we're shooting this on location, real sets. When it comes to the volume, I still think there's a big difference between knowing how to light a scene on the volume and, you know, something that just doesn't look real or it's just something uncanny about, like, some volume shot stuff. Because, like, Obi-Wan and I know The Mandalorian and some of Boba Fett was shot on it. I know, like, the new Thor movie was shot on it. And they all look like just 
not quite right. But then you have something like the Batman, which also used the volume, and that looks incredible. Can you explain what the volume is? So it's like a digital set where they can project... It's the green screen set thing that they've been doing? Yeah, but it's not a green screen. So it's the actual background they use on the show being projected around the actors. So they don't have to pretend they're on some alien planet or whatever. Right. And it's supposed to light them properly, even though sometimes it doesn't. It's a good idea in concept, but like the volume itself is still just a tool. And every single tool you can use correctly or incorrectly. And sometimes I feel like they're just misusing it a little bit. But with Andor, everything's like on set. They like built these like little mining towns and things like that. And everything looks like lived in and real, you know? And I want to say that Tony Gilroy probably got like, I don't know, carte blanche. Like he requested that. It's like, oh, I have to have it done this way or else I won't do it at all or, or something. I don't know. It just seems like he has a lot of creative control over this project because it's so different from all the other ones to your point about being lived in like i love that we spend like at least yeah these first three episodes on this planet that he's on right and like we go into all these different shops and different bars it just feels like you're a part of this city more than i think you know like the mandalorian i think has a very episodic jump from location to location where it's trying to do its best like show you different parts of the star wars world but i like the idea of living in a space a little bit longer than just an episode right right so I, i agree with that i agree with this idea of being in like more practical spaces and sets this is one of the things that makes star wars aesthetically unique is that lived in grungy future thing that makes it look so different from like the shininess of like like star trek for example mm-hmm. right like star wars mm-hmm. is supposed to be like grungy and lived in and i think shooting on real sets and showing us like the ins and outs of this town and showing us as as jeff was saying earlier all the working class people like the fucking uh, i don't know the metal gong dude like it's not even a gong like <laughs> yeah it's like a, <laughs> yeah a metal anvil and a tower to like signify the work day is over or whatever yeah like yeah. that guy that guy rules i like, seriously thought he was gonna rock out but he he, he didn't he just hit the gong <laughs> that guy's super cool like those little things really do make it seem alive the one thing i wanted to talk about kind of in relation to like the working class folk and the rebellious sentiment i guess it seems to be bubbling up in the show is how cool was that little scene where banging on the metal, whatever, in unison? Yeah. What a, like, neat cultural thing to make up for this planet. Like, oh, when, like, somebody's in trouble or whatever, or when there's an invasion. or Who knows what triggers that? But, like, that when when, when that happens, you know, everybody um, everybody kind of dance together. together with this and, warning and, system. And, yeah, 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 uses yeah, this warning system to, like, freak out the invaders, the little rent-a-cop invaders, and, like... And it's such a short scene that you might miss it. I think I did miss it on my first time through. But it's Brasso, Andor's friend, who um, sabotages the the flying pod. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's super short. You just see him walking away with his like gloves on or whatever, and like the little pods in the background. I don't think they actually ever show you him doing it. But like he hooks up like a piece of junk to the back of their little flying pod thing, and it causes it to crash. And so like. You know, that, that just further leads to the breakdown of, of discipline and these, these rent-a-cop dudes. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we're under attack everywhere. There's, like, terrorists. Like, you know, it's nuts. Like, they start freaking out. Uh, it's really good. It's really cool to see, like, all these people band together. Um, I, yeah. I really like that aspect of it. I thought that was super cool. 
the psychological warfare aspect of it. Marvel going like, oh, yeah, well, you think that's bad. Like, when they stop suddenly, that's when you're going to really freak out. And the dude's like, wait, what What happens then? What happens then? You know? It's really cool. <laughs> it's really good. I, I really like that aspect of it. Like, they're just making enemies left and right, right? As you said uh, earlier with uh, criminal war guys or whatever murdering Tim. Um, like, now mm-hmm. they have an enemy for life in Bix and in anybody who was ever friends with that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rebellion just, just, is just fomenting, you know? That's what they say yeah. on the show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, like, and they do just a great job of showing how, how, how shitty these authorities are. This is a kind of a good segue into something else I wanted to talk about. And something I alluded to earlier was why I wasn't as high at the beginning of Rings of Power versus, you know, this. Like, a lot of the same thing, right? A lot of characters that I kind of know where this is going. Like, I know this character eventually dies, right? For me, at least, the difference between this and The Rings of Power is that this show, I think, is asking a question that is so much more interesting than, oh, is Sauron going to come to power and, like, what's going to happen with the ring? Like, I don't care about that. But, like, I think to explore this idea of, like, how the rebellion starts, I think it's way more fascinating of a question. And, like, that's, I think, is what's drawing me into this show right because mm-hmm. like you can kind of already see like like you're saying like the people that are like mad at these rent cops or this idea that he's still in Skarsgård's character is like specifically looking for Andor right mm-hmm. because he thinks like he's someone that could be a part of I'm, I'm guessing moving forward be part of the rebellion you know like I think the idea of where the rebellion starts and like how they become this force that we see in A New Hope and moving on I think is what's really drawing me into this show yeah the show's pretty light on action so far, like mm-hmm. the first three so episodes. Mm-hmm. But the set piece at the end of three is fantastic. I really, really like that. Yeah, super fun. In the factory with like the swinging machinery and stuff with uh, Stellan Skarsgård's Luthen character. It's, it's just great. I really, really like that. Hope we see more great action set pieces. I think a little similar to Rogue One, I do think... This first stretch of episodes is a little dry, but mm-hmm. I'll take that over something I have no feeling towards whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know, like the Boba Fett stuff just didn't do anything for me. Obi-Wan did like less than nothing for me. Sorry to say, but this, <laughs> this just feels infinitely better. I think I liked Obi-Wan a little bit more than you, but even I didn't. Probably. I really, love, <laughs> yeah. really, really didn't love Obi-Wan, yeah. I mean, Obi-Wan looks terrible, too. Mm, That's, like, mm-hmm. the worst looking of all the Star Wars shows, I think. Um, even more than Mandalorian and Boba Fett. I'm glad that, and I know this is going to change pretty soon, but I'm glad, like, besides, I guess, the Andor character, they haven't introduced somebody else that I recognize, right? These are all new characters and, like, really helps to, like, fill out the world that is Star Wars, right? Like, my biggest gripe yeah. over the last couple of years has just been, like, stop introducing us to characters that we already know and or just, like, feel so familiar to something that we already know, right? These are definitely new prototypes of, like, characters, which I really like. I mean, Forrest Whitaker is coming back as Saw Gerrera, who is a character that I like a lot, but I feel like they kind of mishandled him in Rogue One. Um, hate it, he though. was <laughs> he was just such an odd presence in that movie. It just yeah, it felt like they cobbled that together, and no amount of script doctoring could have helped that. So yes, I need him to turn it down to like eight. 
<laughs> he was at like 13 in that movie. <laughs> that was one of the things that definitely turned me off about Rogue One. Oh, really? Interesting. I understand Star Wars. I know he's from a lot of the Clone Wars slash, you know, animated stuff. And like, I know it's a character like that people care about. And like, that's fine. And it's, it's totally fine to include him. It's just he came out of like nowhere for me. I was like, he's in a totally different movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know too much about his like background in the Star Wars mythos or whatever. But I don't know. I kind of liked his weirdness, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I can see why he'd be off-putting. Like, I get it. And the show also has a weird, funny droid that I like. I can't believe his name is B2 Emo. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's cute. I guess. It's got, like, a little stutter. I think it's funny. Have we gotten away in Star Wars from, like, droids who look like people and who, like, talk and shit? It seems like all the droids are, like... Little like balls and trash cans and shit now. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess. What are the 3PO units or whatever? Yeah. Or, or, or like. IG. I mean, I guess in Rogue I was going to say, if this is leading towards Rogue One, we're going to get K2SO. Yeah. Right? And he, he's kind of yeah. humanoid. He's it just it. seems like all these new droids are all, you know, I don't know, soccer balls and trash cans and shit. And I guess <laughs> B2 Emo, at least he does talk. So I guess that's better than. Like, yeah. You know, he's not I mean, like R2 a, is not like, kind not of like, like a giant stacks. trash can, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just whatever, it's fine. Where they go like beep boop beep boop, and then people are like, "Oh, I know exactly what you're saying." You know, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, "What the fuck mm-hmm. are you talking about?" Uh, this is neither here nor there, but Amir, you mentioned the Anvil guy. He should like do a concert with the throat singing guy from Dune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, include the uh, flamethrower guitarist from Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, from Mad Max. <laughs> Drop the EP. We the got people a need band, to hear it. Bro. <laughs> Drop the EP. It would be flames. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else to say about Andor? I already said it. I'm really looking forward to it. I am a little, not worried, but like I'm wondering where it's kind of going with a lot of the characters, like the the Bix character. And like, are we still going to see her uh, moving forward, if, if like, we never see her again, I feel like it's okay. We got an arc, and if yeah. We do, and if we do, that's great. I'm kind of in a different boat where I'm like, all right, I'm trusting where they're going with this. Hopefully, they don't screw it up. But so, I mean, so far, so good for me. Yeah, I've already invested some time in these characters. I'd like to see them come back. Like, if they're only there for like a three episode arc, I'd be like, oh, could have used a little bit more. Especially like you know, you're praising the Kyle Soller character. Like, I hope he's not gone. Right? Like, he didn't fuck up so much that they just kill him off or something. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. No, he's definitely sticking around. Okay. I feel. Yeah. I, I get just, the like, feeling. There's a feeling that, like, Amir's said it perfectly. Like, you can kind of leave these characters and leave it be. But I, uh, I guess my interest would be, don't. Let's keep going. Like, I like these characters so far. So let's keep going mm-hmm. with it. I remember saying that, uh, you know, I think I'll stick with Rings of Power, but I haven't actually watched another episode of Rings of Power yet. Um, since then <laughs> since episode two but i will stick with andor and i'm pretty sure i'll keep watching andor but i think i might just to be completely honest like wait to binge rings of power at the end i i think i just need to take it all at one time versus trying to take that thing in weekly i, I don't think it'll benefit me oh man i'm like completely different from you though speaking of uh weekly i i am really glad that they dropped all the first three episodes of andor at once yes because they do work really well as a unit and I feel mm-hmm. like they may not have worked as well if you were seeing them one by one. I 100% agree. I agree. Right? It's like a little mini Cassian Andor movie or whatever, right? Like, yeah. I think in any other instance, I'd be like, oh, they're like dumping these episodes. Do they like not have faith? But like, first of all, it's a 12 episode season. And and like you said, I, I do think they all work in concert pretty well together. I feel like it would be 
a little stuffy if you only did one episode at a time. I think you needed that three episode stretch to get into the groove of the show. Mm-hmm. Especially since the big action set pieces at the end of three, right? Yeah. I think that helps a lot. I'm really liking the show so far. It's the best Star Wars thing in years. I really, really do like it. So definitely sticking with it. Real show with real characters. It's fucking great. Maybe Star Wars can lend some of the CG people over to Marvel. Because this, <laughs> <laughs> this show definitely looks a lot better than a lot of the Marvel stuff coming out right now, right? Well, I mean, a lot of this is like practical. The characters yeah, are true. mostly human. The robot's like just a trash can, you know. There hasn't been too much use for CG yet, but... I do agree. A lot of the Marvel stuff looks pretty rough. That's here and there. Yeah. All right. Well, I think if no one else has any other thoughts, that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me on Ferex trying to take the job of that dude who's uh, banging the anvil on that tower. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good job. Yeah, it seems pretty legit. What about you, Derek? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at The World's Okay's Photos and Screen Asian Skilled on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on the new star wars show Andor or star wars in general feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com uh we like getting listener mail sometimes we read it on the pod so feel free to do that and we will see you guys next week see you next week everybody see you guys then <laughs>